It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Yo, it is another edition of This Week in Fantasy, a week seven edition as the fantasy season almost halfway through it is crazy how quickly it's going so let's get to it as always i'd like to welcome in my guy the man the myth the legend and yes i say that every week but it's because it's true he is the man he is a myth and he is certainly a legend the one and only owner footballguys.com the audible eight days a week with cecil lamini of course on twitter at sigmund bloom mr sigmund bloom what is up brother Oh, we're basically at the halfway point of the fantasy football regular season. How crazy so is that? It's time to act. Uh, it's time to maneuver. And I think that that's the pocket that we're in right now is uh, a chance to maybe make some adjustments. This is the time of year when the 6-0, 5-1 teams sit on their laurels. And the next thing they know, by week 12, week 13, they're going to the playoffs. But they don't have nearly as good a team as the 6-6 or 7-6 team that edges in and has been playing the waiver wire. So uh, it's important to stay vigilant. It's a great point. And it's also important to remember how important every week is now. You know, like it's, you don't have the rest of the season anymore. If you're sitting there at at two and five or two and four or whatever, um, you need wins and you need to treat, it is more important to win each week than it is to think about your squad for the playoffs right now if you're in those types of situations. So um, it sneaks up on you, Sigmund. Crazy, crazy thing about it. Uh, Hopefully we can help some people win this week as Sigmund and I will dive through every single game on the week seven slate, and then of course have a little fun going inside Sigmund's mind later in the show. But Sigmund, let's dive into it. We got four teams on by this week, including a couple with some uh, some legit relevant players: the Packers, the Raiders, the Steelers, which I'm sure will uh, you know cause uh, some bye week fill-ins for some people, and the Seattle Seahawks on by as well. Our first four team by Sigmund. So 
Um, certainly a lot of opportunity here for people with bi-week fill-ins and some guys they might not start busting out. We will dive into that. Let's start it with tonight's game. Not the best way to start off the week, Sigmund. Uh, not a game that I think many people are excited about. Not a ton of fantasy goodness, but some potential here. The Denver Broncos heading in to take on the Arizona Cardinals. Sigmund, is there anything fun in this one? Well, that they might be doing some bloodletting in Denver after this one. We'll see. Yeah, two, two teams that aren't going anywhere, but only one of them, I think, that's aware of it. Um, you know, we get to watch Josh Rosen see if against a, a, the no-fly zone is allowing a lot of flying. So uh, you know, we'll see how Josh Rosen can do, see if there's somehow, some way that the Cardinals can realize what they have in David Johnson and use him in some more efficient way. Um, you're still playing him. It's not really affecting your decision whether to play him, just your expectations, what you're going to get. On the Denver side... Rational coaching would dictate uh, Arizona has a tremendous pass rush, and it's hot right now, uh, really harassing Kirk Cousins last week, and Arizona's terrible against the run. So you would think that we would get Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay, give them both 20 carries, uh, but that would require rational coaching. Uh, so, But Trey Boston is out for Arizona, uh, who's been doing a tremendous job. Why was he on the free agent block for so long? But, That's a great question. You know, so maybe it could be uh, Patrick Peterson probably – I don't know if he's going to follow Emmanuel Sanders or maybe be on the outside against Demarius Thomas. Uh, there's opportunity there for Court and Sutton. Uh, it could be this could be a game with lots of Thursday night miscues. We haven't had one of those quite yet, um, but it could also be a, a game where, with rational coaching, we see a lot of running by Denver and we see David Johnson actually split out as a receiver, running out wide. We'll see. Yeah, I think you're asking for a lot with Vance Joseph at the uh, the helm, Sigmund. I'm with you. Rational not coaching does not, not – yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I, I think he is one of, if not the worst coaches in football. So uh, I'm with you, and uh, it's not looking great for him out there. And look, if they go into Arizona and lose, I'm with you. That could be an uh, inciting incident. As they say, all right, Sigmund, let's move on to Sunday. Uh, I believe uh, we've had a game in London, but I believe this is our first wake up early in the morning, 930 start of the season. I know I love them. All the fantasy players out there, make sure you set your lineups ahead of time. I've definitely seen people make mistakes where they forget there's that 930 start. But 930 in London, Sigmund, the Tennessee Titans, who are as bewildering a team as there is in football. Uh, you don't have any idea what they are. Uh, heading in a take on a Chargers team that uh, is quietly winning games. Spoken like an Eagles fan about the Titans. Everybody else, <laughs> well everybody else who watched the Titans, like, I feel like I have a handle. Well, I know what they are. They're a team that's high for first in the AFC South. So yeah, the, but, you know, but, but against the Eagles, they're Marcus Mariota in the air show. Who knew? They were a Super Bowl team. Yeah, on both sides of the ball. So we're poking the corpse of the Titans offense to see if it's anything twitches, if there's any sign of life there. We're not playing anybody. Um, and the Chargers, hey, they've only lost to the Rams and Chiefs. And yep. you hold serve against teams like the Titans if you're a good team, if actually the Chargers are going to put some of the stuff behind them. So... Philip Rivers to uh, Keenan Allen, who's Malcolm Butler covering. We want that player, and you know maybe re-roll uh, box cars again with uh, Tyrell Williams if you go back to him. And we know Melvin Gordon is really, I think, his career is peaking right now. So we'll get to see that. Uh, but uh, I, I think that's the question here. Like the Chargers, just as when we start to embrace them as one of the good teams, they would do something like lose to the Titans. And the Titans, of course, on like a missed yeah. field goal or something. Something you ridiculous. know that's coming. Yeah. And then and the Titans could, as a team that we're ready to write off, could find themselves with a winning record still tied for first. So I'm on the lookout for a bizarre result in this one. 
It's a perfect way to put that segment. This is like that game. You know, the Chargers every year, everyone loves them, the talent all over the ball and all that, and then they lose these type of games. I'm with you. If they're a good team this year, there's a game they will win. And and for anyone, if you listen to what Sigmund has to say, if you go back and listen to our preseason podcast, I did not see anyone in the industry as high on Melvin Gordon as Sigmund was. I'm sure there were other people out there, but Sigmund was beating the Melvin Gordon drum and man Sigmund through six weeks of football. That could not look like a much better call, man. Um, All right, moving on. This is an interesting one. Uh, I really don't know what to make of this Bears team after the defense looked like the best in football. They struggle in Miami against Brock freaking Osweiler. Brocktober. uh, Who who could have possibly seen this coming, Sigmund? Literally no one. Uh, But a Bears defense, Cleo Mack a little banged up, and a Patriots team coming off a 43-point effort heading into Chicago. Um where are you at with this defense and, and this game? Is this at all a, a worry about your Patriots or is this the Patriots no. going and do what they do? Yeah, I think so too. No, but uh, the Bears defense is going to be tired. They're humiliated and Khalil Mack has uh, missed a practice. I'm not sure what his status is going to be, but on the Patriots side, you're continuing with the running backs, continuing with Brady. We're still disappointed with the Gronk, but you're still starting him. And then, you know, if Khalil Mack is compromised, then maybe as Josh Gordon's role is growing exponentially uh this is a week where he gets free deep and actually it's not a pass interference or a, a pass that's off by brady and gordon can catch it so edelman hogan uh, these are maybe the lesser priority among the receivers but patriots have scored 38 or more in the last three games maybe not 38 in this one but certainly we're not worried about them getting shut down in fact on the fantasy defense side you might be looking for someone to replace the Bears this week. And they have the bets and the bills up the next two weeks, so you might not drop them. But I, I wouldn't say it's unforgivable if you do after what we saw. On the Bears side, this is a question of whether Mitchell Trubisky can keep up with Tom Brady. So he's looking like a streamer with all of his quarterbacks uh, out this week, at least three that are considered starters in a lot of fantasy leagues. Uh, and then Tariq Cohen, Ty- Taylor Gabriel, why wouldn't you continue to use these players over the likes of, say, Jordan Howard? Uh and then we'll see if Allen Robinson's tangling with Stephon Gilmore. That's all the more reason to like Cohen and Gabriel. So we've seen them have two great weeks in a row. I would expect, you know, don't worry about what the expectations were when we drafted them. Don't worry about what we saw through three weeks. Just worry about what we've seen. And that's another thing about as we step through the fantasy season, James. Short memory is always good for us. It's a great point. Like, uh, and I get it. Look, you take Jordan Howard in the late second round, the early third round. It's tough to to sit him in these spots, but anyone playing Jordan Ho- Howard over Tariq Cohen is doing it wrong, and, and I'm sure yeah. there are a lot of examples like that. So um, it's a great point, Sigmund. We are we are a long way away from that draft you had. You need to completely forget about it. You need to forget about preseason expectations, and you need to look at what is actually happening right now: usage, production, all that type of stuff. It's a great great point. All right, Sigmund. Moving on from a, a potentially fun game to a very likely less fun game. We'll just put it that way. The Derek Anderson-led Buffalo Bills heading into Indy D- Sigmund uh, and the Colts obviously a mess right now. Um, in, obviously, I want to hear your thoughts on this game, but can we take a second to acknowledge that in back-to-back weeks, we've had Brock Osweiler start a game. We're going to have Derek Anderson start a football game in 2018, Sigmund. What a wild year. Yeah, he was on the street. Just that quarterback shortage continues to recycle some of the same names, although one name that's conspicuously missing. <laughs> so he, conspicuously. Yeah. It's like as conspicuous as it gets, my friend. Yeah, he will not be who will not be named. <laughs> yeah. um, Except in a giant 
billion dollar national ad campaign. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, Kelvin Benjamin was pretty good with Derek Anderson when they played together on the Panthers. I don't know. I'm not really looking for much there. Just in the matchup against Maybe like a DFS home run type play. Yeah. Um, the Bills defense is, since the first six quarters of the season, they have been basically the best defense in the league. So set all your Colts. We may get T.Y. Hilton back for this one. I guess maybe not T.Y. Hilton. You're going to play T.Y. Hilton because you know that Andrew Luck's going to throw the ball a lot. But um, I, I'm afraid of playing anybody against the Bills right now, and I'm certainly afraid of playing anyone for the Bills. Maybe LaShawn McCoy because the defense is keeping these games close now. You know he's going to get his 20 touches and at least be worth a flex play or a volume-based running back to play. But this should be a defensive battle. Uh, and uh, this is obviously a game that is probably going to yield very, very little. Yeah, I think that's a very good way to put it. Uh, I would not like to have much fantasy involvement in this one. Uh, all right, Sigmund, uh, it's a perfect, uh, perfect setup here. As uh, the next game on my uh, my sheet right here is the. Uh Brock Osweiler led Miami Dolphins. We'll see Tannehill not necessarily out this week, but um, if I had to guess, I would guess we see another week of Brock, the Detroit Lions coming off a bye heading into Miami. What do you think about this one, Sigmund? I, this is, I think, where we see Brock Osweiler turn back into a pumpkin. Uh, <laughs> yeah, against the previously best defense in football, he's amazing. Against right. the bad Lions defense, why wouldn't he stay? They've had two weeks to prepare for this matchup, but only one week, yeah. I guess, they were projecting Brock Osweiler. Um, you know, on the Miami side, with Osweiler in, maybe a little more short passing to Amendola if you're scratching the bottom of the barrel for a PPR play, or uh, Albert Wilson, you know, getting set up uh, for success. Uh, I guess, I don't know why the Bears couldn't tackle him. But really, what I'm looking at on the other side of this matchup is I want to see carry on Johnson see some full practices and to know his ankles. Okay. But this is a player. I think that it's just screaming out for more work in all aspects of the offense. And then Kenny Galladay and you have golden Tate rested. You have uh, Marvin Jones rested, although he might see a lot of Xavier Howard. So this should be another massive Kenny Galladay week. And much like the, the chargers, you know, this is a, a lion's team that should be able to go on the road and win this game. They're coming out of a bye. Uh, the NFC North is just mayhem. I mean, all those teams have strengths. All those teams have weaknesses. Put two of them together in any given week. You know, the Bears, if they lose to the Patriots, are three and three. And the Dolphins, if they can somehow beat the Lions, which any in any year, the proposition of somehow being the Lions, hey, there's always a decent chance. The, the Dolphins could be five and two. That's like pure insanity to me, Sigmund. It is so hard to believe the worst five and two team potentially I've ever seen. But hey, they're winning games. Um, look, like you just said, how about uh, moving on to this next team? The New York Jets could be four and three if they can somehow beat the Minnesota Vikings. What do you think about this one? Well, Kirk Cousins has is dealing right now, even with a ton of pressure. So Thielen, dealing to Thielen, and uh, oh, of course, Ooh. yeah, right. Uh, and Stephon Diggs, they just, come, they just roll off the tongue. Um, and then good. we're, we're going to see if Dalvin Cook is back. And I think especially in PPR leagues, is, as long as we see him get those three full practices in, he said he wanted to be 100% before he came back. So that could be something very useful for us on the Jet side. Uh, I don't think this is a good week to dip into their running back by committee. I see as of right now, uh, we know that Quincy Nunwa is going to be out, but also Terrell Pryor is banged up. Robbie Anderson's banged up. It's all pointing at Jermaine Curse, and Curse is running those easy, quick slot routes, probably avoiding uh, Xavier Rhodes. So I really like uh, Jermaine Curse to catch six, seven, eight, nine balls this week as Sam Darnold is trying to keep up with Kirk Cousins. 
Yeah, that's a good call there. Manunwa definitely a bummer. Had the zero, then gets hurt and out for a few weeks. I was I was liking the Anunwa upside, but that did not work out. All right, Sigmund, uh, it is time to talk about my squad. The Philadelphia Eagles coming off their best win of the season, obviously against a bad Giants team, but the offense finally getting going a little bit, hosting a Panthers squad that is really hard to get a read on. Obviously, you know, yeah. struggled last week in Washington. What do you think about this one? Yeah, they had some turnovers early and couldn't get out of that hole. The Philly side is pretty simple. Uh, it Wentz has got it going to Jeffrey, looking for him when he's keeping plays alive, letting him win those balls that's competed for 50-50 balls. And, of course, we saw Vernon Davis finding large tracts of land to roam in in the Washington – I'm sorry, in the uh, defense for the Panthers. And I think you're going to see that for Zach Ertz in this one. I don't know the Carolinas front seven is one that you want to tangle with when it comes to uh, – Running back by committee backs like Corey Clement and Wendell Smallwood will get more data points for their usage. So the more interesting one here is on the Carolina side because you aren't going to run on the Eagles at home. You aren't going to run on the Eagles generally. So I don't see it as a big Christian McCaffrey game as a runner. Perhaps as a receiver, yes. And then really what's fascinating to me is this is all going to fall on Cam Newton's shoulders. This could be one of those games I think where Cam Newton – accounts for five touchdowns or this could be one of those games where he counts for five turnovers are we going to see that philly defense at home last year that was just impossible to crack or is cam newton going to come out with one of his command performances and you have kind of a old 15 round heavyweight bout between him and wentz playing a very similar style because now you have Newton throwing to DJ Moore and Greg Olson and Devin Funches, who's looked like he's taking his game to another level. And you, if you're deploying all these weapons, and Norv Turner, dare I say it, Norv Turner's been one of the best offensive coordinators setting up his guys for success. So this is a game I'm circling that if Cam Newton can do his part, this could be a nice 38-35 back-and-forth battle that makes a lot of fantasy teams winners this week. Yeah, that would be fun. Again, um, uh, it'll be interesting because that Eagles D at home has been really good, but some injuries and the defense has not been quite as good this year. I'm with you. I think that could turn into a shootout. Could be an interesting one either way. All right, Sigmund, speaking of shootouts, if I had to bet, I would bet on this next one being a shootout as we have two uh, offenses that have been able to put up some points. Granted, last week not as well. The Cleveland Browns heading in to take on the Bucks. one of those games that maybe from a real-life perspective not that interesting, but a lot of fantasy-relevant players in this one. How do you see this one shaking out? Yeah, the shootout, as long as the Browns players aren't shooting themselves in the foot. Or <laughs> yeah, Jameis Winston. Say that again. And Jameis Winston storms in like um, Kurt Russell in Big Trouble in Little China, like shoots the ceiling and falls down on his head and knocks him out. You know? <laughs> so there's always the possibility for that. But you look at this like, Baker Mayfield's about to go through a four-game set of uh, opponents. Um, I think you have the Steelers, you have Atlanta in there, and Kansas City, where the, the numbers should be coming for this Cleveland passing game. But he's not getting the connection going with uh, Jarvis Landry. Um, Antonio Callaway has been one of the worst wide receivers in the league. Maybe it's Damian Rowley at Texas A&M, I think a sixth, seventh-round pick that they got. who looked all right. He had a drop of his own. David Njoku... Is somebody that I would look to to continue to have a big game here against Tampa. Every tight end has a big game against Tampa. And I'm interested to see if Duke Johnson's deployed a little better this week. Uh, and we're still, it's a tough Tampa run defense. So we're not looking to play Nick Chubb or Carlos Hyde, but we're watching the usage there. And hey, you know, Cleveland, if they can win, you know, then go to three, three and one. And uh, AFC North is as crazy as the NFC North. And it is as crazy as the NFC East, as you know well, where. If a team can just get hot on the Tampa side, we know this offense is going to be as good with Jameis Winston as it was with Ryan Fitzpatrick. However, 
uh, what we're seeing is a more level distribution of targets. And you're still playing Mike Evans, but maybe lowering expectations. I think raising expectations for Deshaun Jackson, who has got a connection now with Jameis Winston, wasn't there last year. And this is the Cleveland defense that gave up two long bombs to Tyrell Williams, even though uh, Philip Rivers only threw 20 times last week. So you like Deshaun Jackson's one. You like O.J. Howard over Cameron Bray. And Peyton Barber showing some signs of life. Uh, and Tampa, at least rational personnel management, firing their defensive coordinator, Mike Smith. I don't know if it's going to improve the defense, but at least it shows someone's paying attention. Yeah, look, it can't get any worse. That defense has been about as bad as you could possibly be, Sigmund. So uh, see you, Mike Smith. I, I'm with you. I think that was probably the right decision there. All right, from the uh, the AFC North, which has been such a, a positively competitive division, to a division that uh, is competitive. That's about the best thing we can say. It's moved to the AFC South. The Houston Texans hey, heading into Jacksonville to take on a Jags team that is coming off one of the uh, worst losses of the season, most unexpected worst losses of the season. Um, how do you see this one shaking out, Sigmund? Is the Jacksonville defense, uh, was that just a weird week last week? Can you still trust them against the Houston offense that at least has the potential to put up points? Yeah, trust for offenses is not something I'm thinking about in this game. And it's, <laughs> it's a showdown for the AFC South first place. Yeah. Uh, and I know, and you know, Houston always plays Jacksonville tough, even if on paper Jacksonville's a lot better. But I'm scared for Deshaun Watson. I mean, this is one where like Deshaun Watson should like say goodbye to all the people that he loves just in case. <laughs> the offensive line is so bad and Jacksonville's going to be so angry. Uh, this is a game where I think they have a lot of pride. So DeAndre Hopkins, yes, you'll leave him, but I, I'm not necessarily going to Will Fuller time to throw downfield or even Kiki Cutie. Like, I just don't know what's going to work for this offense, but I already know that nothing's working in the Jacksonville offense. Watch TJ Eldon's uh, practice participation. Maybe we'll see more of Jamal Charles in this one. Uh, I, I don't want anybody in my lineup that requires relying on Blake Bortles. I guess we, the defenses. There's like Buffalo, Indy, Houston, Jacksonville. I wish we had four slots for defenses in our lineup so we could play all four of them. Yeah, no, I'm with you in this one. Plus, uh, Deshaun Watson dealing with what, like, uh, I think he's got, like, uh, sore ribs. and a Long issue. Uh, yeah, long issue. I was about to say, like, a punctured lung or something like that. So, I'm with you, man. Uh, this is a scary spot for Deshaun Watson and the Texans. I'm with you that uh, Jags D is going to be pissed off. All right, Sigmund, um, let's move on to the 4 o'clock slate here. Three 4 o'clock games to get into. One of them... Look, uh, probably one of the better games of the day, when you, at least when you look at records, as the uh, New Orleans Saints have to go on the road to face a Baltimore defense that playing the best in the league right now, I would say, I suppose. You know, it's not as, um, you know, as many names as some other Ds have, but, you know, obviously last week at Tennessee certainly looked pretty good. Um, are, any, any reservations for your Saints in this one? How do you feel about this? No, I honestly, uh, not reservations for... Drew Brees, at least, uh, even though he's outdoors on the road. I mean, look, I, I mean, I say that I, I should take a step back because you might have taken Matt Ryan and Drew Brees. You might have taken Jared Goff and Drew Brees. You might have taken Kirk Cousins and Drew Brees. You might have taken Patrick Mahomes and Drew Brees. Um, so, you know, even Carson Wentz against Carolina or you picked up James Winston. So Brees is still in my top 10, but he's near the bottom of the top 10 because he's outdoors on the road against Baltimore. But Brees will find a way to get it done. Michael Thomas will find a way to get it done. Uh, watching Ted Ginn, who did, hasn't practiced on Wednesday, as of Wednesday. So Traquan Smith could be interesting here. Uh, uh, more of an Alvin Kamara game than a Mark Ingram game. If I'm worried about anybody, it would be Mark Ingram. It is a tough Ravens defense uh on the raven side you're not going to run on the saints so even though alex collins took control of the backfield last week you're probably 
four teams on by, so you have some tough choices to make, but he's not a preferred choice this week. Uh, Who's Mark Sean Lattimore going to be covering? You know, if it's it makes more sense to me to put him on John Brown, and then that means it's another good Michael Crabtree week. We saw the uh, the connection there, and maybe even in PPR leagues as you're going deeper, Willie Sneed, and uh, the, I think that slot position has been one to attack in the Saints defense. But this should be a really interesting game. Two teams built very differently, contrasting styles, contrasting mentalities. And I'm just really glad that this one's on the afternoon slate. So we'll really get to pay more attention to it. I totally agree with you. I'm really fascinated by this game. I think it's going to be a really fun one. And like you said, I like the the contrasting styles of the two teams. Probably a less fun one as the uh, the undefeated, seemingly unassailable Los Angeles Rams heading in to take on a San Francisco team that, hey, at least put up some offense on Monday night against the Packers on a short week, though. Um, what do you think about this one? Is this is this a route or can the uh, the Niners hang? The Niners can hang. I mean, they, they showed us anything Monday night. They showed they can hang. But uh, watching without Cooper Cup, uh, of course, you're going to play. I, Goff still looks like a tremendous play. Lots of breakdowns in the San Francisco secondary. So you like Robert Woods. You like Brandon Cooks. But the question I have is, is Robert Woods going to slide into the slot role for Cooper Cup? Or will Robert Woods stay outside and maybe we'll see some of Gerald Everett? So uh, the third piece of this offense, because it can support three, it could be Gerald Everett if Woods stays outside. And if Woods moves to the slot, then it's Josh Reynolds. So we'll watch for that, um, especially at tight end where you know, we might be digging deep um, if you're replacing a Jimmy Graham or a Vance McDonald or a Jared Cook this week. Uh, let's it, look, tune in to see how they're preparing uh, with, for life without Cooper Cup on the San Francisco side. Matt Breida, man, this dude is a true glass eater. Uh, the way that he is playing through his injuries and playing so well. And uh, San Francisco's running game, Kyle Shanahan still looking very good. Uh, and Marquise Goodwin. Yes, I'm going back to the well with Marquise Goodwin. This is what we were envisioning when he was being billed as the number one all offseason. And he did have some good games as a deep threat with C.J. Beathard last year. And C.J. Beathard looks vastly improved. And really, I want to just call attention to you, James, how – Every week, I think more about play callers. I think more about the offensive architects. And how much easier is it when the play caller offensive architect can pick a backup quarterback who's never going to... C.J. Beathard's never going to be an entrenched starter in the NFL. But you can tell that he is very well prepared to run the plays and the offense that Kyle Shanahan has designed. And it's making them a competitive team. And it's keeping some of these fantasy... Uh, pieces more relevant as we go forward. So this could absolutely be a high scoring game. Of course, George Kittle's there running over dudes, uh, whether he's blocking or, or has the ball in his hands. But San Francisco, I, I think it showed from the beginning that when Jimmy Garoppolo went down, they were not going to roll over. Yeah, Sigmund, we know all about offensive geniuses getting backup quarterbacks ready to play uh, yeah. here in Philadelphia. Uh, we know we know all about experts, that. But I yeah. think I think it's a great point though. And, and I and it is clear. I mean, you watch CJ Beathard this year versus last year, he looks like a different dude in terms of the comfort in the offense. His ability he's got a legit deep ball. Like he can yeah. throw a deep ball. And the other thing you notice, and I think it's, you know, endemic of a Kyle Shanahan type of offense, but to your point, how important it is for these guys, um, you know, these offenses, the McVeighs, the Petersons, how important it is that these guys can can put their guys in good positions to succeed. But it is amazing how that running game just works. You know, the Shanahan running scheme just works, and Matt Breida has looked 
really good. He, he's a good runner, man, and and uh, tough, a lot tougher than I think a lot of people thought. I'm with you. Um, I, I, they're fun to watch, uh, even without Jimmy G. All right, uh, one more four o'clock slated game here. Big one for us, us uh, here in Philly is. Um, we're we're just uh, hoping uh, that that somehow the game doesn't end and and everyone gets hurt. Not too hurt. We're not rooting for ah. for bad injuries, but the Dallas Cowboys heading into take on the Washington racist Sigmund. What do you think about this? Ha. Yeah, th- <laughs> I, I, no, no, that's great. I mean, it, it, I, I like the the, the eagle centric uh, intro to that game. This put this one next to Buffalo, Indy, and Jacksonville, Houston, and it really is a mirror image of Jacksonville, Houston because it's a showdown at the top of the division. But I think both these teams are going to be inclined to be conservative. So I think folks, your great listeners, can hear as we go through the slate every week of games that game script is a big deal. And when it comes to game script, it's kind of a, a feedback loop where more scoring, you know, we talked about the sleeper shootout of the Jets and Colts last week where at, it was even good defensive plays forcing turnovers, but it was causing more points and offenses to loosen up more. And then you have the opposite kind of script where both teams want to play a game of field position. And that sure feels like what we're going to see here. Very conservative quarterbacks, very conservative offenses. Uh, Sure, you'll play Ezekiel Elliott, and maybe we'll watch to see if Dak Prescott and Cole Beasley have discovered something, but Washington's defense has been very tough at home. And then on the Washington side, I'm not even sure who's healthy at wide receiver. And maybe Vernon Davis, play Vernon Davis. <laughs> I, mean, there's, it, it's, I think and Dallas's defense has been good this year, so I think this is going to be a defensive battle. And I, you know, when there's a commercial in the Rams, 49ers, and the Saints Ravens game. Maybe I'll see what's going on in this one. Yeah, right. Well said. And I'm with you. I think I think it's a low scoring defensive game. Who would have thought Vernon Davis and uh, Alex Smith years later would uh, would re rack it and get it back rolling again? All right, Sigmund. Uh, I think maybe the best game of the week. Certainly one of those top two or three games of the week. The Sunday nighter is Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth always seem to get the best games. Uh, yet again, the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday night. This time, Patrick Mahomes and his crew at home facing a Bengals team tough loss last week, but certainly can uh, potentially uh, you would say at least keep up with this Chiefs offense. What do you think about this one? Is this uh, is this our highest point total of the week, Sigmund? Very likely. Um, maybe that New England Chicago game, Mitchell Trubisky plays well. And on that note, Cincinnati in a similar situation to Chicago, where everything was going so well. You lose a very tight game, and then the next thing you know, you might be starting to lose your grip. And you know they'll see what the Ravens do earlier in the day, what the Browns do. Of course, the Steelers can't lose anything in the standings. There's this is your Steelers fan uh, angle here. At least nothing bad can happen to the the Steelers' record this week. But Cincinnati has their work cut out for them. Uh, on the Kansas City side, you know, we really understand, and Cream Hunt's waking up now too. So Hunt Hill. Kelsey Watkins, maybe not. Uh, and of course, Mahomes on the Cincinnati side, we know, speaking of those game scripts, that th- these games with Kansas City open up opposing offenses. So Dalton to Green, Dalton to Boyd. And, mm-hmm. and, and man, and Tyler Boyd. Let's see um, some Joe Mixon, maybe as a receiver, maybe not as much as a runner, although we know you can run on Kansas City. So, you know, it's going to be up to now. Kansas City's offensive line is a banged up. The Bengals have some good players up front, so they're going to be doing their best to disrupt what Patrick Mahomes wants to do. But it's scary. It's scary to face. I can't even imagine being a defensive coordinator trying to come up with some sort of game plan. We saw Bill Belichick sort of slow him down, hold him to field goals for a half. Uh, I think that you're going to see eventually it's like the dam 
will break. And yeah. it's, it's just a question of whether Andy Dalton can do enough. But absolutely, this in fantasy football terms, this is one of those where you may have a 30 or 40 or 50 point lead going into this game, but you better hope you have a player or two in this one or that lead could disappear quickly. Oh, yeah. That's what the last Sunday night game was for me when I was going up against uh, Kareem Hunt, freaking Patrick Mahomes, and someone else got like a 55-point lead. And that went away quickly, Sigmund. So I think that's a very good call. I think you certainly in DFS want to have some action in this one as well. All right, Sigmund, the Monday nighter. It is a 1-5 uh, a team versus a 2-4 team. And yet, from a fantasy perspective, a lot of goodness potentially. And also uh, a big news as well with Devontae Freeman done for the season most likely put on IR the Giants heading in to take on the Falcons what do you think about this game and also uh, how do you project the Tevin Coleman Edo Smith situation the rest of the season as well yeah well this is one where the Eagles fans can get their popcorn out and continue to watch the demise of the Giants and the infighting and pointing fingers and, and denial it's terrific it's, it's all, so terrific uh, when I see John Mara coming out yeah. and just ripping everyone on the team but Saquon it is it is just, it's like, like you said, I want the popcorn, yeah, I'm licking the my fingers, tears. I'm having yeah. a great time. Yeah, I want to lick the tears. That's exactly, exactly right. Exactly. So um, now on, from a fantasy perspective, though, if you're, again, digging deep, um, Eli Manning against Atlanta. Atlanta's pass defense has been generous to everybody. So it could be, even though Odell Beckham is, this is that squeaky wheel, gets the grease, give him some downfield targets. Um, Sterling Shepard, they're all, all good matchups here. Saquon Barkley trying to keep up with a, a Falcons off offense that after that one blip against the Steelers you know it's going to be a big Julio Jones night who else and we may have to wait until Saturday practice reports or even Monday game time to know if we're going to see Mohamed Sanu and Calvin Ridley so it looks like it, Austin Hooper is going to keep his hot streak going uh, I think Matt Ryan should still be fine even if he's shorthanded in the receivers uh, and then that backfield Edo Smith in my opinion has outplayed Tevin Coleman Tevin Coleman has a better chance at breaking long runs, but Ido Smith is showing he can be an inside runner. I think Ido Smith is a very natural receiver. I think you're going to see the split right down the middle and against the Giants, uh, it's similar to the outlook for the Jets against the Vikings, similar for the outlook of the Eagles backs against the Panthers. Uh, you probably want to avoid the split backfields in tough matchups. And I do think at least because of the players the Giants have up front on their defense, this is going to be a tough matchup for the running backs. Follow him on Twitter at Sigmund Bloom. Again, Coner over at footballguys.com and check out the Audible with Cecil Lammy literally eight days a week. You didn't know it was possible, but it is. All right, it is time, my favorite time of the week, to go inside the mind of Sigmund Bloom. Uh, we've gotten a little deeper the last couple of weeks, so we're going we're gonna to have a little more fun this week, and we're, we're going people-specific. So all four questions, the answer will be a person. Whoever that person is, that will be your choice, Sigmund. Uh, all right, we're going to keep it um, uh, on the sports media level to start, and then we'll branch out from there. But I, I've asked you before, you know, the if you could have a beer with someone, if you could go golfing with someone, but I've never specified it to what we do. So, Sigmund, if you could spend an evening with anyone in sports media, who would it be and why? Yeah, and, and, and of course, we're keeping this all, you know, <laughs> you say spend an evening. Oh, we're, yes, yes. You're going to have beers and, <laughs> and watch some music. Yes. Good point, Sigmund. There are two two total ways to interpret that question. Let's go with the uh, the less, um, uh, you know, risque answer. Yeah. Wow. Um, man. 
there's nobody it's funny you know what the, the, the person's popping into my head i'm like cheating right because i'm just thinking of hunter thompson because he did write uh oh he, he wrote for espn for a little while yeah, yeah page two did all that yeah and he was there like fear and loathing he was covering that race you know he was a sports writer i mean that that when i think of sports writers um but there's there's a few other writers um and i, I i'm judging this by the con by the quality of the work you know um right thompson brian phillips um brian phillips pieces on like the iditarod and wimbledon um really stick out in my mind as things like i would love to go deep up going to the minds uh of people the, the those long form pieces so I'll, I'll i'll say brian phillips just because it, those are great answers but yeah. brian phillips i believe just hired by the ringer as well yeah. um he's a great writer yeah, it's tr- tr- truly the 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 immersive pieces, the Iditarod and the Wimbledon pieces. Although I think the I, funny thing about the Iditarod pieces, people that live in Alaska, Alaska's like, oh, this is another piece about how people come to Alaska. Like, oh my God, how do you live? <laughs> so, from the Alaskan point of view, maybe it's not so good. Yeah, I'm gu- I'm guessing they're getting tired of that by now. Uh, all right, Sigmund, question number two. And you could interpret this any way you want and in whatever field, whatever, what you know, you want to look at it. But uh, very simply, who is someone you think is underrated? Wow. I mean, this is one that's like, I don't, I don't want to blow this. I don't want to blow this because, uh, man, someone that's You're getting under- a chance to give someone some credit where they deserve it and they don't get it. Yeah. No, it's tough. And this is one of the first times on this show that I truly am feeling like a bit of paralysis because. Ooh, wow. I finally did it. Oh yeah, my goodness. Yeah. Because After you're saying so, someone, that is, someone that's deserving of more praise, deserving of more attention than what they get. Oh man. Um, because a lot of the people that I'm thinking of are people that um, don't really want the attention, you know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I think the, the I mean, so this is this is funny, and this is this should again. I suppose this segment is all about how my mind works, so it makes sense, you know, because the person literally, literally the name of the segment. So yeah, yeah, the person that is popping into my head is Banksy. Be, oh wow! Be, and I'm but I'm thinking of Banksy as like a social critic. Banksy is sure as like, like an editorial cartoonist kind of, but at the same time, like he's not underrated in the actual art world where the people right. pay millions of dollars, which he, yeah, which is where which he can, he can, he can paint a stick figure on a wall and it's worth $5 million. Yeah, sure. And which is actually kind of goes counter to the whole spirit of this. Okay. I'll, I'll just, I'm just going to pull one totally out of left field music. Cause we can go, there's so many layers we can go with music. I'll say, sure. I'll say this. Michelle Undege Ocello. And I'll, I'll just say that. And she, first of all, she is, a true badass on the bass, like just straight up badassery. But and a woman playing the bass is already the sexiest thing that there is on the planet. Yeah, to begin with. Yes, and she, and she probably would kick your ass for saying that. <laughs> uh, and 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 but you go back and and James, I'm going to take you on a, a walk back to the mid '90s on Fish tour, and I and, and I I think that without getting into subtext you and i can both agree that sometimes it's paul languedoc this the sound engineer for fish um what he and i believe he's the one choosing like the the albums before uh this show and between sets mm-hmm. those can be very important to your experience of the show it's it, huge it, 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 really it, re- it is really huge and it makes a difference and they're great at it he is so good at it oh and they're from and they're from everywhere i mean there's album i remember from on the mid 90s fish tour you would hear like southern culture on the skids you would hear mark rebo and los cubanos Postizos and, and incredible albums but peace beyond passion 
is just it's ethereal truly an otherworldly album and uh michelle and Dave Chalo, like just there's so much in that album so i'll say mu- musically her chops her songwriting her presence uh i think she's never gotten the due that she deserves strong answer she is not and uh you have to know sigmund what the next question coming is obviously who's overrated oh my god uh, okay so i'm gonna say it and I may have to. I, I just. I gotta say it because it was Uh-oh. something that popped into my head. Almost every white dude, and I say that as a white. Dude. <laughs> oh man, that might be the best answer you've ever given. I had to say. I mean, and I say that as a white. <laughs> that dude, is okay? awesome. That I is mean, awesome. Kind of white. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm technically Jewish, which I don't know. But look, I just there's so like, F, let's just talk about literature right like f scott Fitzgerald, and ernest hemingway you know you know what i mean like just oh i just there's a lot here to be my this is where we veer off into the podcast that um i think a lot of your listeners say like i want to hear that podcast and maybe they're yes. saying like no no don't but that was That's really exactly i guess i want to do it's overrated it's like basically every white dude it is a literal perfect answer like it's overrated uh, that we can sit here and talk about football because why can we do this because of the audience you know like if, yeah in our in our this is I'm, you're getting me off the rails now in in That's our adult whole life, point and it's good because we are white dudes taking advantage of this in our adult lives like what we like to do as hobbies have become industries so now it's i think time for other things that other people like to do to also be things that can become more attention and, and, and industrious well said uh, i that is just a perfect answer and and one that you wouldn't expect but is uh is so dead on all right last one segment and this is a really tough one um because there it's like you have to think about different layers what people were good at people were good at multiple things but here's what i'm gonna say if you could consume only one person's content for the rest of your life whatever that content is who would that be wow um sometimes these answers are influenced by things I've recently consumed. Sure. So it can, the answers can be skewed. Um, but because I just watched a, a documentary, it was made by his daughter. So it was a lot hard hitting. It was very loving. Um, I'm going to say Quincy Jones. Oh, that's a great answer. Cause when you say versatility too, oh, oh that's a right? great answer. Right? Oh, segment. If you say, well done, yeah, well done. Oh, well, it was good luck. It was that I just watched because <laughs> when you get Quincy Jones, if you only you get film scores and you get music by him and music by other people, you get press prints, the uh, uh, TV shows that they made. Um, he now, ha- I mean, there's, there's a lot of different stuff that he had to do with. That was, aw- you can watch, you know, thriller. I mean, you know, the whiz, I mean, it's uh, awesome. uh, and, and, and the, the music, the, the, the depth, breadth width of his music. Um, I think a lot of people still don't really understand. And, and, and it's on Netflix, the Quincy documentary. And it just get, it just give you like, put you in awe of what this man has accomplished in one lifetime. Uh, so yeah, that, that, I mean, there were some other names that popped into my head, like, um, Kurt Vonnegut, uh, um, uh, we talked about documentary filmmaking, you know, like Errol Morris, or even we talked about Werner Herzog. Um, but it, I, I just, I, I can't even wrap my mind around everything that would be in the Quincy Jones collection. It's and, such a yeah. perfect answer. It's, it's like the perfect answer. 
You're the best at this. This is why I love this segment. Yeah, well, except, uh, except for all the hate mail they're about to get. I'm, yeah, we'll I'm a white. All the, all, all the white men are going to be mad at us. We'll deal. I'm a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, this is where we get to like, yeah, geez. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop myself now. But for those of you that want to subscribe to my pamphlet, please send a self-addressed stamp envelope to you now. <laughs> oh, Sigmund, that was awesome. My week was made there. Thank you, sir, as always. Oh, my pleasure. Always a pleasure, indeed. My favorite time of the week. Thank you, as always, Sigmund. We will be back next week to help you with your week eight lineups as this fantasy season just rolls along faster than I think a lot of us would like. But uh, good luck this weekend again. Hopefully, uh, we bring back some wins, and Sigmund and I will be back to help you out again next week. So uh, with that in mind, go Birds! Go Birds!